And now, a Blaze Media Podcast. Welcome to it. How in the world are you? Today marks a very special day. I don't know if you have heard yet, but uh, today, the 6th of August, 2020, for those of you, you know, listening live, marks 75 years since we, the United States of America, dropped the world's first atomic bomb on the Japanese city of Hiroshima. Then, August 9th, three days later, we dropped another atomic bomb on Nagasaki. Then, on the 15th of August, Japanese Emperor announced his country's unconditional surrender for World War II. So, uh, you know, it took a little bit longer than anticipated. Uh, We did one, and uh, they still were going. So, we did another one just to prove our point. And then, you know, I know that they announced it on the 15th, but there were, you know, in the, the days between the 9th and the 15th, the emperor was like, Okay, um, I'm not going to announce it yet, but, um, you know, just stop dropping bombs on my country, please. Just stop dropping bombs on my country, please. And I'll announce it in a week or so, okay? Thank you. And so it's a day of celebration. Right? Right? Or are we supposed to? You know, we're sad that we killed a lot of Japanese people. But you shouldn't have attacked us. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, oh, you know, since then, uh, there have been a lot more uh, nukes uh, around the world. I mean, according to this story, which the numbers are different with different stories, so I'm not real sure how uh, accurate these numbers are. I'm sure that someone will say, that's not accurate. But according to this, I mean, Russia and the United States make up 90% of all nuclear weapons. Uh, Russia, according to this, has 1,570 deployed weapons. And the U.S. has 1,750 deployed weapons. And according to this, we're the only country known to store weapons in other countries. Now, uh, you know, and then we have the, you know, the START Treaty which is supposed to focus on arms reduction. (laughs) How's that going? How's that going? Because I don't think it's going really well. And according to the declaration from the New START declaration back uh, a little over a year ago, uh, we had 1,365 deployed on 656 ICBMs, SLBMs, and strategic bombers. So, we've got that, you know, going for us. I know China has 300 or so, they say, 320. France has 290. They probably don't have that many. United Kingdom has 215, according to this story. Uh, India has 150. Pakistan has 160. Israel has 90. North Korea has 30 or 40. I mean, if you can think that North Korea could actually get those to launch, you know, 
it's possible we should be a little nervous with theirs. But, uh, you know, some would say that that's too many. Others make the argument that it's not enough. Uh, I'm not going to take a side. All I know is today is a day of celebration. 75 years since uh, we dropped the first bomb on Nagasaki, or I mean on Hiroshima. And then it took us, uh, you know, three days and we decided to do another one. And then Japan surrendered. So they probably shouldn't have attacked us to begin with. Just saying. I know Barack went over to Japan and, uh, you know, did his apology tour that, uh, you know, I guess we're sorry for ending a war they started, but whatever. Um, I know Michelle, uh, is in the, is in the news because she had said that, uh, she has a, uh, uh, a low grade depression. She's dealing with low grade uh, depression and not just because of the quarantine. Uh, it's because of the racial strife. And just seeing this administration, watching the hypocrisy of it day in and day out is dispiriting. Is it, Michelle? Is it? <laughs> is it? Ugh, the racial strife. You did more to affect the racial strife in this country than... Ugh, drives me insane. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I started to go down a road. I don't really want to go down here on chewing the fat. I mean, I do from time to time, but I try not to, right? I'm going to, I'm going to, instead of taking the fork to the right, I'm just going to keep on plugging down the road, right down the middle of the road. I was thinking that it's possible. Michelle is just a little, a little bent, a little hurt because, uh, Kanye, uh, didn't pick her to be his running mate. I know, I know, but Kanye did pick a running mate. Uh, you know, we're waiting for the running mate for Joe Biden. Uh, he can't seem to either uh, pick one or remember who he picked, but uh, Kanye picked one. Uh, his vice presidential uh, running mate is uh, Michelle Tidball. I know you're saying to yourself, Michelle Tidball, is that the Michelle Tidball from Cody, Wyoming? It is. Do you know who she is? Yeah. Yeah. Is that the Michelle Tidball? It's 57 year old white woman that runs an online Bible study and works in a dental office and is a self-described biblical life coach along with, uh, is that the Michelle Tidwell? What's her name again? Oh yeah, Tidball. Michelle Tidball. Is that her that uh, charges $65 for a 50-minute one-on-one session and believes that she has Jesus on the main line? Yes, that is the same Michelle Tidball that you're thinking of. Same one. And I just think Michelle is, uh, you know, it's possible that she's, uh, you know, she's a little hurt that uh, Kanye didn't pick her and went with Michelle. But Michelle Obama, Michelle Tidball, Michelle Obama, Michelle Tidball. Tough choice. Speaking of tough choices, uh, Blue Jays, uh, the Toronto Blue Jays, uh, professional Major League Baseball catcher, Reese McGuire, a little bit of a a little bit of a problem going on in his life right now for a, a bad choice. Uh, he was down in Florida at the Blue Jays training camp in Dunedin, Florida. And uh, McGuire uh, was, uh, left his apartment that he was living in, went for a quick drive, and then said, Hey, <laughs> there's a strip mall. Uh, man, I really feel like pleasuring myself right now. 
And so I'm going to pull into the strip mall and park and drop my pants and take care of business. You know, no one was looking. And so, you know, I decided to go for it. And now apparently someone was looking because the police showed up and they asked him, um, Hey, if you're down at an apartment next to the stadium, why would you come to a parking lot here just to, you know, take care of business? And his answer was, I don't know. I just decided to park. I realized I made a mistake. You know, having my pants down, doing what I was doing. I'm really sorry. Uh, I know I shouldn't have been doing this. So he hasn't, as far as I know, has not been reprimanded by the Blue Jays. Uh, however, he could have, uh, you know, was originally charged with uh, exposure of sexual organs, which is a first-degree misdemeanor and which is punishable by up to one year in jail and carries a thousand dollar fine now he pleaded no contest and was fined 450 dollars and get out of here but uh i'm not really sure why uh you would choose to uh do that uh he said uh, you know I, I was checking to make sure no one was looking but uh, then i realized hey what an idiot what a dumb place to be and then you know you guys came walking up to my car and here I am, just doing what I was doing. I know it was dumb. I know. Shouldn't have been doing it. What can I tell you? Now, he's under contract with the Blue Jays this season for $569,400 this season. He's going to earn uh, 210678 of the uh, prorated pay during the abbreviated 60-game season. Not too bad. Uh, not too bad. You can well understand, uh, you know, he's struggling a little bit. That's uh, less than half of what he's contractually obligated to be paid for a full season for only 60 games. I mean, you can know the struggle he's having. And, uh, you know, when you leave your apartment, you realize, wow, is that a strip ball? Yeah. I really love, you know, at probably. Uh, I'm just guessing. I'm just guessing. But I bet you there is somebody either a hot guy or a hot female, I don't want to judge, that works in this strip mall that he sees, that he has, you know, dreams about. And it's just, you know, he's on his way to practice and he just, you know, stop off in the parking lot and look at whoever he wants to look at through the window of whatever shop they work at and uh you know take care of his dreams we all have our fantasies right right okay then who the heck are you to judge and speaking of judging um i uh i want to give proper due to a lawn maintenance team i wish i knew the name of the company I wish I knew the name of all three guys that were working for this company. So there's a video out of this lady in Orlando, Florida, that uh, went on this tirade against this 
uh, lawn maintenance crew. And the lawn maintenance crew, these three guys are world class. I wish if I could hire them, I would. They, this lady is obviously out of her mind, but in today's world, so it doesn't matter if you're out of your mind yelling racist, uh, rants at people, you're the one crazy. You should be tired and feathered. And, uh, the other people have a right to get in your face and, and push you down. They don't, uh, she ends up getting arrested or at least being detained by police at the end of the video, but there's no report exactly what happened afterward. I wish that, uh, the landscaping crew, uh, you know, they, they should be, uh, they should be highlighted with angel wings. So this lady, they're out working and this lady comes out in front of her house. Now they're parked in front of her house, which may be the problem that set her off. Cause it looked like they were working in the yard next to hers. But uh, she comes out and she starts yelling, uh, effing bitch. And then uh, she yelled that about, I don't know, half a dozen times at him. And uh, then she yells, you N-word, B-word, a bunch of times. And she's just screaming at him. And these guys are tremendous. They're just packing up and getting out of there. They want to get out of there. They're they're laughing about it. And then at the end, the one the one white guy, there's one white guy and two black guys, uh, if I remember the video right. And uh, they laugh, and the one guy says, "Yeah, he is a, a n word that likes white chicks." So you're right. I was just, it was just funny and they were, they treated it. They didn't go off the handle. They didn't lose their cool. They realized that this crazy white lady is actually a crazy white lady and it doesn't do anyone any good for them to react like that. So they reacted like you normally remember back in the day, way back in the day. Oh, I don't know. 15 years ago, way back. I mean, can you even remember that long? You know, before the low-grade, depressed Obamas took office and brought up the race and the racial strife issue every freaking day, when people actually were attempting to get along with each other, uh, it was incredible. I wish I could play the video. I want to play the video for you really bad for you to hear the auto because it is it is really good. But uh, just... I tweeted it so you can go to at Jeffy JFR and, uh, or go to my, you know, Jeff Fisher radio on parlor and, uh, watch the video. It's big guy, big guy video. So you don't want the kids to hear it or you don't want uh, someone else to hear it sitting next to you at the office. Does anyone sitting next to you at the office? My God, what kind of office do you work at now? Um, you know, put the headphones on or turn it down low, but it is really good. And these guys were tremendous tremendous i just want to commend them they they handled it so good and i don't think they were the ones that called the police the neighbor comes out gets into her face and another person comes out of the house that i think she's from and says something to one of the one of the lawn guys and it kind of in a, a smiling fashion like she's whacked out of her mind or she's crazy or she doesn't know what she's talking about something and then that's it. But the neighbor kind of gets in her face like, yeah, I heard you just, 
you know, relax. And she's still, and she hollers at him then. And, but the guys, the, 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 uh, uh, the maintenance guys were, uh, tremendous. Now, you know, look, she's out of her mind, right? And she's yelling these, uh, you know, cuss words and, and racial epithets at these guys. And, you know, is it worth taking her in for mental evaluation? You betcha. But I don't know who called it in. But the yard guys could have fought this lady and argued with this lady and made her uh, seem like she was a ranting, raining lunatic who hates. And I think it's more that she's a ranting, raving lunatic who needs mental help. And so, uh, don't they all feel that way, Jeff? Not really. Not really. Some are just horrifically bad people. I feel like this lady is just needs some, uh, is just needs some, I sound like Joe Biden is just needs some medication, uh, to help her get through the day. Otherwise she goes off the deep end and these lawn guys were awesome. So if you live in Orlando and you're able to have this landscaping crew, do your work, do it. These guys are worth it. I mean, the N-word seems to be everywhere now or nowhere. I mean, it shouldn't be anywhere. Oh my gosh, it's a horrific word. But in today's world, this particular story does surprise me. Uh, Amazon drops a shoe that they had, uh, you know, selling on the Amazon website from a UK shoe company. Uh, They received backlash because in the description, they used... The N-word. Are you kidding me? I mean, I don't understand how that could even happens in today's world. But they have the shoe. Uh, and it says, uh, uh, from Rinco. R-I-N-C-O. Rinco formal Oxford for men. Pull-on style. Lace-up. Upper material. Lace-up. All right. And then it, and then it, and then there's a picture of it. And it's, you know, wingtip shoe. Looks like your basic wingtip shoe i'm sure it's a fine shoe and uh, then it goes on to say uh uh formal oxford by florin the color of which was described as n-word brown (laughs) Uh, size is a five a uk size five uk oh okay well that's the picture they have highlighted as the size five i'm sure they have other sizes but uh, really strange that it would be descriptive of color that way. Uh, N-word brown. Wow. So Amazon is finally, uh, they've pulled it down. I mean, good. Right? I mean, they've pulled down Nazi paraphernalia. Uh, they've pulled down, uh, children's t-shirts that, you know, had a picture about George Floyd's death on it, but Edward Brown, that was okay for a while. No, thank you. No, thank you. And then, uh, the other Edward story that's in the news is uh, TCU football coach, Gary Patterson, uh, used the Edward. Now he apologized. Uh, for using the racial slur. And I guess everything's all, all everything's good now. We're, we're all good with it. Um, he got into trouble 
and he said, I apologize for the use of the word in any context is unacceptable. Uh, okay. Uh, sure. No problem. I guess he had a meeting with, he's met with seniors and leadership council last night about how we move forward as a team together. I don't know. Put your helmet on and go out and practice. How about that? How about you do that? That's how you move on, but not in today's world. Uh, not in today's world. According to Jordan Patterson, uh, according to Jordan, the kid, the player's name is uh, Jordan, Dylan Jordan. He's the linebacker for TCU, Dylan Jordan. Uh, Patterson uh, apparently got mad at him. And I was, uh, you know, hollering at him and making fun of him in front of uh, his teammates during practice. How dare him make fun of him posting a picture of his girlfriend online on National Girlfriend Day. So he's joking around with his players and, you know, he's probably mad at him. So he's making fun of him, which, you know, hurt the linebackers feelings. So he confronted the coach later and said, uh, he confronted the coach later about being made fun of and Patterson called him an effing brat and threatened to send him back to his hometown of Pittsburgh, Kansas. <laughs> See, now back in the day, a hundred years ago, that would be the player, shut up and go take a shower, get out of here. So um, he asked again, uh, yo, what did I do wrong? And then Patterson reportedly accused Jordan of using the N-word in the team meeting room. But when he said you used the N-word, he said the actual N-word. And that is unacceptable in any place in today's world, I guess. Well, I don't guess. I mean, it is, right? Uh, he said uh, another player had said that uh, while he has experienced racism at TCU and I'd like to hear what that racism he's experienced has been but neither Patterson nor any other coach has ever called him the n-word well to be honest Patterson never called the other guy the n-word either uh he said that he was in trouble for using the n-word and used the word he didn't call the guy the n-word so there's that. Okay. So uh, he knows now the coach, though. Coach Patterson knows that uh, he shouldn't use the word no matter what. Uh, and he says they also asked, they asked the coach that uh, you keep saying, I don't see color. Um, we want you to stop saying that, too. Because it's obvious uh, you have to see color, okay? We're living in hard times for black people right now. Are you, Dylan? Are you on scholarship at a Division One university in Fort Worth, Texas? Are you? Are you seeing that struggle, my friend? This is what pisses me off so much. I can't freaking take it. Same thing with the Oprah thing yesterday. And I know Oprah's even worse because she's a, you know, the billionaire Oprah Winfrey. She's not a young kid on scholarship playing college football. But it does go down the same road of that success and they're still being oppressed. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. I understand it. Now they claim 
it's a teachable moment and we're all good everybody's apologized we're back the sure the students missed a practice because the players decided that because the coach had used the n-word in some fashion uh, and says he never sees color we can't practice on monday so i guess they got away with not practicing the coach has apologized he's met with everybody and the chancellor said hey it's a teachable moment so it's all good right we shall see. We shall see. All right, let's go to the break room. I need a drink of ice cold fluid. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that is so unbelievably good. A couple of entertainment stories. Uh, this is exciting, actually. Uh, who's the Boss? The uh, television show. Uh, a sequel. <laughs> a sequel is uh, coming. And uh, you, Tony Danza, you think is going to come back? You betcha. Alyssa Milano coming back. <laughs> you betcha. They are definitely on board to reprise what they're calling their iconic roles. Uh, father and daughter relationship. The families all around the world grew up with eight seasons. Wow, that show ran for eight freaking years. 1984 to 1992. I mean, that's, a, that's at, at least... One, if not two, maybe even three lifetimes ago. 84 to 92, that's at least three lifetimes ago. Because what do you got, 92 to maybe 05? Really, you probably go to 01, get you to another lifetime, 9-11. And then so you got 02 to, you know... 2012, 13, every 10 years, every 10 to 15 years is our lifetimes in my world. Anyway, so, uh, you're looking at, uh, I mean, they've made, that's why she's got so much money. Oh my gosh. She's the, the international and U S syndication. Wow. I mean, wow. With eighties, with reversal of gender roles and stereotypes. Yeah. 10 Emmys and 5 Golden Globes. The new show, of course, will take place 30 years after the events of the original series. Uh, because uh, it is. Uh, she's now a single mother, of course, living in uh, the house the original series was set in. Uh, the new comedy will explore generational differences as well as opposing worldviews. Of course. Alyssa's gonna have to get her political views in there. The show will uh, will not be good. I promise you that. So, original cast members Judith Light Wright, Danny Pintoro, are supportive of the new series and the hope is to find creative ways to work them and their characters into the show. So they're not, uh, you know, if you work me in, I might be able to squeeze you in for a show or two. Give me a little bit of cash. But, uh, you know, not going to do that. So the Norman Lear Library 
under his Embassy Communications banner, was sold to the Coca-Cola Company in 85 and is now owned by Sony Pictures Television. Good luck. Good luck. The sequel will be executive produced by Lear, his producing partner Brett Miller of Act 3 Productions, and Dan Farah of Farah Films. Is it Farah or Farah? F-A-R-A-H. Uh, who bought the updated take to Sony with Danza and Milano attached. Uh, and of course, you know, Danza and Milano will be executive producers. Jeez, that show is not going to be good at all. Wow. I mean, uh, 196 episodes of the original series. They made a fortune off that stupid show. Just a fortune. <sighs> that one hurts. That one hurts just a little. Just a little. Hey, congratulations to uh, Instagram. They, uh, actually, well, it's Facebook, but uh, Instagram has launched their new Instagram Reels R-E-E-L-S. That's, uh, that's hoping they uh, get their arrival to TikTok going. So hopefully Facebook, uh, or I'm sorry, Instagram, uh, gets their big Instagram reels up and running. It's kind of the same thing as uh, TikTok. Uh, so that if Microsoft buys TikTok, then you're fighting a different animal, right? They're doing this in hopes that, uh, you know, they ban TikTok from the U.S. And uh, now you've got, you know, Instagram reels. Wow. Um, it's going to allow users to create 15-second videos using editing tools, uh, countdown clock, timer, new align tool. It's going to... Um, it's going to be different from TikTok with reality effects, which so you can overlay images and filters onto their videos. Okay. Um... It launched yesterday, U.S., India, Brazil, France, Germany, U.K., Japan, Australia, and others. So it's on our Instagram right now, Instagram Reels, Instagram Reels. So I go to, I guess I just go to my story, and there it is, Live Story Reels, R-E-E-L-S. Get started, create with Reels, record and edit short videos, and share them to explore where anyone may discover them. Okay. If your account is public, anybody can create reels using your original video. Your reel may also be chosen as a featured selection in Explore. Oh, so what they're and plus what they're going to do on TikTok is it's not going to be. Um, uh, let's see, which I think is probably smart. They're going to uh, let the videos run the show. <laughs> You think that's a good idea to let just what happens happens, you think? So uh, you're going to be able to do your videos, and then it's just going to be up. It's just going to be up, and the best videos, when you search, are going to be the best videos. It's not going to, the algorithm isn't going to say, hey, this is what we think you will like. Oh, that's kind of a novel idea isn't it just you know what we'll see what the most popular videos are at the moment and we'll let you watch those rather than uh you know selecting our selection tailored to your individual profile so you get to just see what's hot 
<laughs> instead of what we think is hot for you. Huh. That's a weird thing. So Instagram Reels, we'll have to give that a shot, I guess. And, of course, Ellen still in the news. I can't let Ellen go. I know. I know. I can't let Ellen go. So what I'll do is I'll just give you, you know, couple of headlines just to let you know how it's going i still think her show's done they say no they say no and they've they've already fired a few of the people down the line you know ellen you know in parentheses took the heat saying uh, well i'm at the top but uh you know it was their fault so you know, i should have paid more attention to what was going on around me but it's not me look over there we'll see uh, you know, we've got uh, all kinds of people now uh, going against her and for her. Celebrities on both sides. We have uh, other staffers saying she's just awful and power hungry. Well, no kidding. That's why she's Ellen. And that's why uh, the Ellen show is, you know, syndicated and doing uh, doing wonderful. But is it wonderful? I don't know. Is it, uh, you know, a culture of fear from a toxic host? You betcha. You betcha, that's possible. Now, they say the show's still on, but I'll tell you right now, when you keep when you get stories when they're out to get you and the headline is ratings hit an all time low, uh, good luck. Because ratings equals a money. And money is tough to come by these days. Uh, you can quote me on that, by the way. Uh, money is tough to come by these days. So, uh, if the ratings are at an all-time low and they don't come back, she's gone. Have a nice day. And even if they, and here's my, all right, I'm going to give you another, uh, another prediction. I may have said this the other day. If the show comes back, they won't, the, the syndication deals won't re-up. Right, they'll get, they'll find other shows, and so then it'll just be well, Ellen's still doing her show, but pff, nobody's watching and nobody cares, so she'll just go away. reminder for those of you listening that are not subscribers to this podcast please subscribe to chewing the fat with jeff fisher appreciate it whatever platform you choose there's we're on all uh all any platform where podcasts are available uh itunes spotify stitcher iHeartRadio. radio uh, you know whatever one you like that warms the little cockles of your heart please subscribe to this podcast and then, you know, if your platform allows for rating and reviewing and judging, give it the, the best rate and review you can so others on that platform find this podcast. For instance, iTunes, you would, uh, you would rate us a 20 stars best podcast ever. And uh, that way it would, you know, show that, you know, others that this is a great podcast and they would find the show and they would, you know, listen and then hopefully subscribe as well. Now you should also, uh, as long as you're, as long as you're, you know, in the process, you might as well subscribe to my YouTube channel, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. You know what? You should subscribe to everything, all things that are Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. 
podcast, YouTube. Then you have Twitter, at JeffyJFR. Then you have Facebook, Instagram, and uh, uh, Parlor for Jeff Fisher Radio. So, subscribe to it all. Follow it all. All right? Become a, you know, a chewing the fat influencer. And then, uh, then you're good. And then you're good. Okay? Hey, remember also, get your hand up if you want to be counted. Get it up. Because uh, this week, the U.S. Census Bureau confirmed that the census is going to end. They're going to stop counting September 30th. That's a month earlier than they planned. So that means for all of it. They're, gonna not, they're not going to knock on the doors. They're not going to, uh, you're not going to be able to mail it in. That's going to be it. Okay. Now they're, uh, they're really, some people are a little wound up about it. They're talking about saying this could really mean a big undercount of people, uh, leaving out the hard to count households. Not real sure. Um, they talk about, uh, Oh, what if the, you know, the homelessness and people who aren't fluent in English and have little access to the internet or are undocumented? Yeah, we don't want to count those people anyway. Well, in particular, the undocumented. Well, we still want to know how many people are around. That means a lot to us. Why does that mean a lot to you? Well, that's how we count who... You know what? How many Congress seats? And uh huh. And so, if they're undocumented, then it doesn't count, right? Well, it counts, Jeff, but it doesn't count, and it helps us realize how many people are actually out there uh, in the country. And so, we don't want people to be ashamed. We want people to, you know, fill out their census and let us know what's going on. Okay. All right. According to this. Four out of ten households still haven't filled out the census. All right. Oh, you don't you want uh, uh, money to for schools and hospitals? Eh. Eh. And it only gets updated every ten years, you know. So do it now, okay? Go to the website, or if the census person comes knocking at the door, let them in. Oh, that's not funny. There's social distancing and we need to wear a mask. We're not going to let these people just walk up, walk into the house. Okay. Open up your little mail slot and let them ask you a few questions and get yourself counted. Or I think we all got mailed one. I believe the post office actually worked and delivered a census envelope that gave you a thing to fill out or go to the website and fill it out on the site. Yeah, but if I don't have internet, well, then you have things you can send in through the mail. And we all think that the mail is good enough for the census, but it may not be good enough to vote. So there's that going on, right? Anyway, get your hand up and uh, get yourself counted. If, if someone comes a knocking, uh, they come a knocking. They're only going to be doing it until September 30th. Somebody comes after September 30th. <laughs> Do not let them in. Download and subscribe to more content at theblaze.com slash podcasts. So let's take a look at the airlines for a little bit. It's been a while since we've actually taken a look at the airlines. And I was, I was fascinated to uh, read some stories 
about uh, how the airlines are doing and what they're doing during the pandemic. Uh, but and then we're talking about bailing them out again. At what point do we not bail them out? Is my question. Because right now uh, they said that they need uh, what I mean had to go up three times what they're doing. So yesterday was 595,739,000 through the TSA turnstiles. I mean, that's not, uh, that's not three times. And I mean, the highest they've been was, well, uh, Sunday, this past Sunday, the August 2nd, 2020, they had 799,861 through the turnstiles. Not even 800,000. They're not even at 800,000. And so, I mean, one, two, three, four, five days in a row, they were over 700,000. And then they dropped back to 500,000. I mean, business travel is no more. 747. They have not been over 800,000 since this started. Right? And at one point, uh, way back, Way back in March, March 14th, 87,534. Wow. So that was the lowest that they went was 87,000. So now uh, a guy, uh, interesting article uh, on Business Insider from Thomas Polini, who said he, he flew the four largest airlines and wanted to see you know, what the difference was, how they were doing and how travel had changed during the, the pandemic and, you know, what they're doing. Airports have, you know, put up their plexi, plexiglass partitions and all their social distancing reminders. and You know, but he's uh, saying uh, there's some inconsistencies between the airlines. He flew on uh, American Delta United Southwest. Uh, you know, the big four. And Delta... He said seemed really clean where they were the most consistent in the big four. Uh, he noticed that when he sat down at his flight, he was the first plane in the morning, 6.30 a.m. departure from Hartford to Atlanta. Uh, he looked in the back pocket and there was a tissue. It was a tissue or a napkin. Apparently, he didn't reach in to see which one it was. And uh, he realized that, ooh, with the new aircraft cleaning policies, um, you know, with fogging the planes, with disinfectant, um, what was missed? But he said the rest of the plane was, you know, appeared to be spotless, so he just blew it off and didn't worry about it. Oh, okay, no problem. Uh, United uh, said that they displayed, uh, you know, informal signage. And those of you that have flown have seen this, you know, he said that, uh, you know, they didn't have uh, two flights on the uh, airline from Orlando to New York. All right. And uh, on the flights, they said that they were just promoting Orlando. But uh, the terminal in Washington had detailed signage. And it was, uh, it, I, I don't know that I agree with this. Uh, you know, he said... Uh, that he could, uh, he felt better with better signage. Eh, I don't know that I buy that. I don't know that I buy that. But okay, let's, you know, we'll, you see a sign that says everything's going to be okay. You feel better, I guess. Okay. All right, fine. Uh, United, 
was the signage. And then we, uh, we go down to American. He thought that, uh, American was the most inconsistent and that, uh, they were largely standard and almost as if there wasn't a pandemic occurring. Oh, okay. And Southwest was, uh, the procedure was okay. They, everything was just like it was before, except when they board, you know, they only board 10 people at a time, uh, instead of 30. I thought they boarded more than that. I, last time I flew Southwest, it was before the, before the pandemic. And, uh, seems to me they were boarding more than 30 people at a time. And it was like, okay, uh, one through 50, you could go ahead and board. And then by the time you got to the, to the, the walkway, okay, uh, 50 to a hundred. So, I mean, there was no, no break. Uh, it was just a line of people rode up to get on the planes. So we'll see, you know, we'll see. I know Southwest said it's, uh, it's now going to throttle back according to their memo, uh, cleaning procedures. Oh, wait, what? Yeah. We want to reduce the time that we spend on the ground between flights. So we're just telling flight attendants, um, the deep overnight cleaners are going to continue, but we want to, you know, we want to get these flights turned around. So calm down a little bit on the cleaning and let's get this thing turned around. (laughs) Okay. No problem. Look, we're going to do the tray tables. We're going to do the bathrooms, but anything else and we'll get at night. So I won't even worry about it. Just let's get on the damn plane, would you? Okay. All right. No problem. I will. Cool. We got it. And I see in times of trouble for the airlines, I mean, they're all looking for something to help them out. Uh, Virgin Galactic has unwrapped their concept airplane that they want to build that will fly three times the speed of sound. Nice. I mean, that's doing some, that's doing some moving, right? (laughs) You can quote me on that. Uh, Let's do it some moving. All right. Three times the speed of sound. Yeah. They're going to develop it with uh, Boeing and Rolls Royce. So it's going to be a Virgin Galactic Rolls Royce Boeing. I don't know what, I guess Boeing has the wheels and Rolls Royce has the engine. I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be a sub Virgin Galactic's, uh, it's going to be distinct from the spaceship uh, suborbital space plane program, which, by the way, we heard from uh, our man that he's, you know, he'll be up in space uh, next year sometime, right? So, and so I don't know who he's using. I guess that's the Virgin Galactic Space Program, right? Uh, because the Virgin, this is Virgin Galactic, the supersonic. And I saw where uh, Virgin Atlantic has filed for Chapter 15 bankruptcy. So Branson is, you know, going to space with Virgin Space. Virgin Galactic is unveiling supersonic airplanes. Virgin Atlantic, yeah, we're bankrupt. Sorry. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. We're bankrupt. And uh, speaking of American... Uh, making it seem like there was, you know, everything was, uh, according to our man and business insider, that American was, uh, uh, you know, like the least 
pandemic-ish airline. Uh, I don't know. They just kicked another woman off one of their airplanes. Uh, she was wearing an offensive mask. So now, now, not only do you have to wear a mask, and if you don't wear a mask, we'll put you on a list. You have to wear the right kind of mask. If it has an offensive statement on it, you can't, you can't wear it. Wow. I mean, I really makes me as much as I don't like the mask. All right. Uh, she had a t-shirt saying black lives matter and her mask said, uh, F 12 F U C K 12. Okay. Uh, apparently, you know, that's slang for F the police. And so the flight attendant, uh, said, uh, hey, uh, maybe cover that up. We don't want to, it's offensive. We don't want to see that, you know. And so according to the, the lady, she did that. She said, I did everything they asked. And uh, soon after that, the flight attendant uh, came back and said, uh, I better not see that other mask. Okay, so she she changed it. Then she came back to say, I better not see that other mask. Okay, so that's a problem in and of itself. What are you doing? She took care of it. She took care of it. You asked her to change it, and she did. She covered it up or whatever. And then you came back and said, I better not see that other mask. So the lady says, leave me alone. And the flight attendant said, okay, I got you. And went up front. And then the, the plane returned to the gate and they kicked her off. Wow. Okay. If that's true, if that's true, that is agonizing. Come on, American. I know that we're supposed to be, you know, kiss all the flight attendants' asses. And we can't say anything mean. And you've got all the power and you can, you know, throw us off and you can have, you know, TSA and AMP and any other police show up to drag us off the airlines. But if you ask someone to do something and they do it just because they don't like doing it doesn't mean you get to kick them off. Well, apparently it does. So they kicked her off. And apparently then she had to rent a car to go where she was to get to her destination. Uh, America should be paying for that car and be giving out some uh, free airline tickets and some food coupons. I mean, you always got to throw in the food coupons, right? Heck yeah, you do. And I'll leave you uh, with the joke of the day. All right, I'll just get out of here. I'll leave you with the joke of the day. Put a little smile on your face. So uh, I don't know where it came from. I don't know who wrote it. I just know my youngest son, who's not that young anymore, uh, came in to the living room uh, last night and said, uh, told me the joke. And uh, I'll give it to you like he gave it to me. You can take that any way you want. Uh, Hey, did you hear about the guy that got his whole left side cut off? Don't worry. He's all right now. Have a good day. (laughs) 